Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 75 of the Weekly Weekly Podcast. Thank you very much to Emer Barry for last week uh, coming on and talking about all things opera and uh, I was like I was really out of my depth in, on that sense but I managed to sneak in some film talk in as well and talked about how opera is kind of portrayed within films and how it's you know seen as otherworldly or like we are somehow... Um, beneath it or something and uh, we had a good chat about that and Emer was great crack and um, it was a great episode and I hope uh, everyone enjoyed it of course subscribe to our YouTube channel if you wouldn't mind um, it helps an awful lot uh, just to kind of push it out there and get it uh, going um, I'm using my uh, chill what's it called a chill max air fan for the first time donated by our number one fan um that, that actually wasn't meant to be a pun but it actually was in the end but yeah it's nice because I've talked about it before how warm this corner is um and it's a lovely day outside today and it's nice to have the fan just kind of blowing there beside me so i'm i'm happy enough with that so let's get on with the episode i'd like to introduce sarah as the lady behind sarah breslin wellness um which focuses on many things but uh gut health being uh, a big part of it um sarah breslin how are you doing I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I, I said your name three times in the introduction. That definitely is a record. Um, I usually leave it to the last bit, but the fact that it's in the, it's in the title. Um, yeah, I, I just want to, I, I got my um, I got my vaccine yesterday, the first vaccine. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to kind of, you've, you've been vaccinated once? Uh, no, I actually got my second one on Thursday. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's... I'm I've talked about this in the podcast many times about how anxious I get about going to new places or places that I don't know the layout of. So I was very anxious like the day before and yesterday morning. Um, so uh, fortunately, my my housemate drove me over and I was just, I was very, very nervous. And the thing I was looking forward to the most was the actual the actual needle, because then I knew I was kind of on my way out. I'd have the last 15 minutes and then I could go. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was so well run in there. It was in the Athlone uh, College, and it was so re- well run in that. But it just it's just for me that it, the build up and for things like that can be quite difficult, you know, and it, anxiety wise. Um, so I'm I'm glad I got it uh, out of the way. I'll be fine for the second one because now I know what what it looks like and where we need to go and all the layout and stuff like that. So, and it was very, you know. I suppose we kind of, well, I and other people will kind of mock Ireland because we're kind of, we don't seem to be in control of things or we're not as regimental looking when it comes to cues and things like that. But it really was so well drilled and very, very organized. And I'm, I'm glad I, I got it done. Just wanted to bring that up while I had the, the I mic. Actually, I found it the very same. I was in City West and like was so impressed the first time. I were for my first one and then yesterday was even quicker it was even way more efficient like and mm. it, exactly I agree 100% we're not renowned for our um, organizational mm. skills let's say we're a bit fly by the seat of the pants things but um, it's been amazing I, I have to say hats off to everybody involved because it's been really well done in my opinion anyway my experience so yeah, yeah. For sure, and I, I, it's kind of the same across the board when it comes to people I know who've told me uh, that they've been to whether it's been to Athlone or whether it's been to doctor surgeries and stuff. So it's it's really great that it's it's working out that way. Um, so Sarah, tell us a, a short history of your upbringing, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, so I'm one of seven. I'm exactly in the middle. Uh, I've a brother and two sisters older, and a brother and two sisters younger than me. Um, so a bit of the middle child syndrome there yeah I have it yeah. <laughs> um, so you can imagine a very busy household there was always noise always people always stuff going on in our house 
um, got involved in athletics when we when I was about six with the rest of the family and like kept that going probably right till I was about 16 or 17 um, and sport was a big huge part of our lives so also played soccer did cross country and you know back in those days there was lots of community stuff going on so we all did a bit of everything you know even mm. if you weren't it wasn't your area you had a go at it because there was pals doing it or you know they needed somebody else to make up the numbers so everybody just went along and, and joined in yeah and there was a great sense of community and a lot of families who were involved so um yeah so did swimming and basketball a bit of everything so um so that was like the upgrade bringing was pretty decent I would say you know um and uh once I finished school then I was uh I went to uh England to work because uh, I had messed up my CAO <laughs> and I didn't actually really know what to do anyway so uh, like when it came to it I was terrified to go to college really if I'm truthful um so I went to England to work and uh got some experience there and eventually came back and worked in the bank uh, here in Ireland Dublin and from there um, I moved into kind of IT projects and eventually uh, exited all that and moved into my wellness. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> it's I, I need to mention that you your sister was on uh, back. Actually, I had to check yesterday because I knew episode 36. So it's so long ago, um, but it was back on the 5th of October. October, um, Ginny was on. Uh, very fortunate to call her a friend now. And uh, she refuses to believe that it is one of my favorite episodes, even though and she's going to kill me for saying this. But even though I like on a questions episode, people ask me what your who are your three favorite guests and Ginny was mentioned and she still doesn't believe it. But, you know, what can you do? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Um, So uh, when did you first become aware of mental health? I have been thinking about this and I kind of think. Um, in my early teens myself I definitely probably was aware of it but it wasn't a name on it Mm. mental health wasn't something that we talked about or understood or anything you know Um, but I know in myself when I was in my teens say my late teens or whatever you know coming up to leaving certain that I definitely felt anxiety stress you know um, probably mild depression I wouldn't even call it depression probably low mood and stuff mm. like that and and then of course um uh, my brother as Ginny mentioned you know had some uh, issues as well around anxiety and things like that so there was awareness of it in the household but I wouldn't have felt that I engaged with it necessarily um but I do think I must have had an awareness and I've been thinking like where did I where did I think about it or how, where did I figure out how to deal with it or that I knew mm. there was something else there I really can't figure that out. It just my journey started probably when I was in my leaving search year. And, um, you know, I realized, OK, I should feel better. So why don't I? And that mm. was the start of it for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm really starting to kind of love that question. And I know people the odd time will worry about what I mean by it or, or you know, uh, you know, whether I expect people to remember exactly when they first heard of it. And it's not you know it's not about that but it's it's like you say there that there was an, an awareness of it without a name on it and yeah. i think for for people in in of a certain age like it'll be like that that was the same as for myself but you know going are going to maybe 20 year olds now will hear about it in a different way and and then younger again and you yeah. know 
yeah. obviously we wanted to be more promoted and to be kind of talked a bit about more. So what prompted you to uh, set up the, the wellness business? Um, well, I was looking for a way out of the, the hectic uh, banking IT mm. lifestyle because like I even when though I was doing it and it was going great and everything, I always knew I wanted to exit it somehow. And um, I wanted to I figured out that I wanted to do something to help people mm. to make a difference to them at the end of the day, because the work I did didn't really do that. It was like, you know, quite anonymous in, yeah. in the benefits of it. Um, and I had been having my own issues all through my life with uh, I had skin problems, uh, low mood um, and I would have had like IBS gut issues all through my life. Um, so I decided that I wanted to do something that in that area that would help people. I had experienced um, treatments with some um, skin care people mm. who had helped me uh, massively. So uh, I wanted to go down that route um, and I started with aromatherapy and when I started aromatherapy I was introduced to massage and when I started massage treatments I was like oh my god this is it this is, I'm made to do this this is what I want to do so that was uh, where I started with that but it took a couple of years to get all the training and qualifications and to, to figure out where I wanted to be with it so um uh, so I, eventually I did leave the bank and um, I was lucky enough I got some contracts that I could do from home and so I did the two hand in hand for a couple of years and then went into it full time from from my home once I was set up and ready to go. Brilliant and like you say there about you wanted to come, go in to uh, you know help people out with, with certain issues that they may have like and uh, this has come up a couple of times and I think I, if it's an Irish thing it's possible an Irish thing but when I kind of ask the question is like, what do you take from helping people out? And I think people like immediately uh, get a bit worried that they're going to sound like, oh, I did this just to help people because I'm a hero and all that. And it's not about that. The question re- isn't really about that. It's like what you take from it with regards to your just how you feel every day. And it doesn't have to be a mental health thing, but just a general health thing. Yeah, I think it's it's what keeps me grounded and present. Um, like I find like I'm. In, I'm into meditation and mindfulness, but I find I'm a moving meditator. Mm. When I'm doing a massage, that's my meditation practice, really. You know, I get all my most amazing ideas when I'm doing a massage. It's like, it's like you know, the, whatever they say, the, the brain that's controlling my movements mm. is busy, so the other side can come to the fore and whatever. So I find that like really just meditative. It's just like my happy place. I feel like I'm. I'm, my hands have been made to do this. My my mind and my body knows how to do it. And they can, you know, I can generate the right energy that connects with mm. the person in the right way in the right, that, that, that moment on that day and that it works for me and for them. So like it, it is a give and take thing. You know, I receive a moment of clarity, of um, positivity. You know, I feel connected. I feel fulfilled because I'm doing something that I really enjoy and that I'm connected to and is part of my purpose. Mm. Um, so I receive all that, even yeah. though I'm giving the treatment, you know, and yeah. I think because that's the energy I work from, then it, it becomes a good treatment as well. So, yeah, I, I am. Um, I really like getting massages, you know, and um, I, I recently I bought a, a massage gun and it's great and all that. Like it's a good investment. You know, if you're at home, get, 10 20 minutes after a run or something on your legs it's really good but it's not the same thing for me as a as a proper massage and what i've kind of missed about not getting a massage um is the kind of uh, a connection with somebody else right 
and just in the form because touch is so such an important Absolutely, you yeah. know it's such an important thing and it doesn't matter if it's, it's someone that you you're married to or someone that you're getting a massage from it's such an important kind of aspect and there is a relaxation and there's a meditative kind of aspect for the person getting the massage as well because you're obviously literally lying there with your eyes closed and you're getting a great like feeling from it and I've missed that throughout you know what's gone on the last year and a half that kind of touch side of it yeah and and like like a lot of my client work beforehand would have been like because I do massage coping so it would have been a lot of Mm. like dealing with painful areas or you know issues that they may have every single person that has come through the door since I reopened is just I just want to relax and unwind Mm. it's like they need to take a deep breath and just let it out let that sigh out and then do it having the massage because they have to lie there for an hour so it helps you to disconnect Mm. from what you've been doing out in the world and you know there's there's usually silence and you know even people might chat but they get to a certain moment where all of a sudden it's just silent you know and you know then okay they've taken the breath now they've got it out of their system so um yeah definitely uh People have missed that, especially when like there's been no hugs, mm. you know, there's been no um, sports, you know, even though like it's like it's contact or whatever, you know, it, like even, you know, holding the hands of people and mm. the kids holding hands going to school. Like there's just been a whole lack of that touch element. Yeah. Especially people who live on their own, work on their own, they, you know, they don't go anywhere. They don't see anybody. And, they, you know, it's like even for me, when my clients come in, I'm just ready to hug them. But I know I can't, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's also that thing that you you mentioned there about uh, the talking aspect. And, you know, I got to know like one of the uh, one of the girls that was massaging me in a certain this was back could have been about 15 years ago now. So but obviously I was going on a regular basis because I had a a lower back problem Mm -hmm. and obviously I was chatting away to her. But then if you're in with someone else, um, there's there might be like a nervous element. And I think some people are put off by massages because they think it'll be uncomfortable. And it's yeah. it really is anything but once you get them in, like I've told people if they've had, you know, an injury in, in training or something to kind of go and get a, a rub on it. But there there's a nervousness and a kind of social awkwardness to it that people think there's it's going to be a big thing. Kind of forgetting that the person giving the massage has done it so many times that it's just, to them. It's nothing. It's not a big thing for the two of you. It might be for you in your head. So I, w- I would definitely talk, to, uh, tell people to go get a massage. And cupping is something that I've had once recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was brilliant as well. I found a great benefit from that. Mm-hmm. So I would say people should just go and enjoy yeah. it. I, I like, I, and that's exactly a, a really, really good point because people think you have to be injured or mm. in pain or it's just about pampering. It's like there's the three categories. You know, but the people that benefit the most are the, my clients that come regularly. They come every month, once a month, every month. And, you know, after the first few visits, it's no longer about what are we dealing with today? It's mm. just like everything's fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? Because they have built it into their life and it's part of their maintenance. And actually, one of them was exactly like you're saying there. She she was in a training program and she was told that she'd have to have a regular massage in order to be able to continue with the training program. But she was like, I don't want to get battered. I don't want to be hurt. Mm. I hate doing, I hate those kind of massages. So um, she got referred on to me. And now she's like a lifelong client. She's been to me for the last five years, you know, and for that reason. And like, I think that's an important element of uh, us as massage therapists that Mm. we need to tune into the people 
and that not every massage is the same and not every massage should be at the same intensity or firmness that you should be able to adapt to the person you know and and like that's how I like to work it's like how are you presenting to me today Mm. it's not about what what last week or last month or it's right here right now you know everything you know as they say in all the mindfulness stuff it's about right now the present Mm. moment so some people will come in and I know they do not need any of the cupping today they just need to get on that couch and just zone out and we'll just focus on that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's enough. And then the next day they might be really in a good place. So we'll go back doing some deeper work, maybe with cupping or some days it might be, they just need their face done or their ears, their, their sinuses, you know? So mm. it's about tuning into the person. That's yeah. the whole point of the exercise for me. Yeah. And, and also that, you know, if someone is going to you for, for a few sessions and you, you realize after maybe the first or second session that there's a certain pressure that, that you want you to put on certain areas that won't uh, work on other areas because there may be more tender there and everything. So it's a bit at least, you know, it's a two way thing where it's a, there's an adjustment by each person to get the right kind of results. So I think it's, you yeah. know, figure it out that way is, is the way to go. How, how do you think you've changed uh, with the business? Oh, I, I have a lot more faith in myself now. Um, and I think that comes from the business side of things mm. working well, not so much the massage. Like I always felt instinctive about doing my massage, my treatments, my facials, whatever it was I was doing, colonics. Um, I always felt that was my, I had an instinct for it. That, mm. that came easy to me. I understood what was needed of me. Um the thing for me that has really given me faith and more strength in myself is that I have created a successful business. Mm. I have done the, the what needed to be done. I've I've done all that side of the promotion, the marketing, um, the social media, you know, interviews, all that kind of thing, the finances. I've put all that stuff in place and I've created and now I have a viable business. Mm. And, you know, that it to me is a really valuable um understanding about myself to know that you can that you know makes it successful mm. in a way to me you know yeah a lot of therapists don't get to that point they're, they're like I remember looking at other therapists thinking how can they afford to go on holiday <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh, the, but, and the thing is and we'll get to it later on but you're you're still evolving as a business person as well you know which is um and I'm sure as as someone who's you know treating patients you are too so it's it's a ever kind of evolving thing for you which is which is brilliant um let me just speaking of business let me just get this out of the way um that makes it sound bad but anyway Fusion Training Centre Monksland at Lone, a place to train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu kickboxing martial arts and CrossFit a great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community if you want to join the team find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Centre or drop in for a chat Fusion Training Centre train like a warrior I was very professional that time um, thank you um, so can you explain the, the, you know, I suppose the science behind uh, colonics? Well, a, a colonic at its most basic level is an internal bath mm. for your bowel. So just like you have a shower to clean your skin, you have a colonic to clean your bowel. And uh, like most colonics will just be water, filtered water. They, they don't necessarily have anything else in them. Um so, and that's the whole idea is just to cleanse the bowel so that it's like your bowel is your main um, process of elimination. Mm. So all the waste, the, the majority of the waste that your body has to get rid of comes through your bowel. So you want to make sure that that gets out of your body 
and not stays in there. You know, I always liken it to your bin, your wheelie bin. It's like if it doesn't get um, emptied every week, well, the rubbish just starts to build up in it. Mm. And then it starts to stink and might even overflow and start causing problems around it. But even if it does get emptied on a regular basis, every now and again, you have to wash it down because, mm. you know, stuff gets stuck to the sides or sits in the bottom or whatever. So, um, and if you don't do that, you get all the problems with the bad smells and, you know, bugs start to appear and things like that. So basically that's what we're trying to do for your bowel. We're trying to keep it as clean as possible so that it can function at its highest level. Mm. And when it's functioning at its highest level, all the other um, parts of your system or the other functions of your system, uh, they work better because they've somewhere to send the rubbish. Yeah, there's... We're very squeamish around it, I think. You know, there's a lot of people very squeamish around colonics. And I suppose I would have been a few years ago, to be fair. But um, there's there's that thing of of it almost being like an, a mini invasion of the body, you know, when someone's getting a colonic. And I think the people that I've have spoken to who have had one, um, it's not that they, they've never come back with like negative opinions of it. But it, it, there's always like, oh yeah it felt good but then they said oh but it was weird because i had to like run to the toilet or whatever it was you know and to me like that that does stick that was kind of a, a worry point to me it was like that sticking where you were where you're in a, a room with a person that you maybe you didn't know to begin with we'll say if it's a first appointment and it's because it's i guess it's such a private thing that yeah. people are a little bit squeamish about it do you do you feel that like do you feel like you have to talk some people through it a lot when they're first meeting obviously when it's you know second or third it's a different story yeah and like I, that's how what I see is my job as a clinic therapist is to put the person at ease mm. to create empathy to create a connection because what, like you know a lot of my clients they say that they always say thank you for making that so much easier than I thought it was going to be and everybody who comes in for the first time is nervous mm. um, and like I always congratulate them for getting through the door because that's actually the hardest part of it actually to get yourself in through the door so you know I say you know and it, that's my job is to make a connection with them so they can feel comfortable around me so then we can progress with the treatment mm. and like you are in a vulnerable space and the thing about it is, is that um, it's about control. And, you know, when you're having a colonic, you lose a certain amount of that sense of control because it's no longer your brain that is making the decisions for what's happening in your body. Your body is in charge. Mm. And that's a very difficult thing for us to, to relinquish. You know, we, we need to be in control. That's who we are. That's how we function in the outside world. So when there's that sense of a loss of control over our physical bodies it's very scary you know mm. so my job is to make it um happen as gently as possible so you can ease into the experience and understand what's happening at every moment and again like with the massage that we're tuning into what's going on with you right now today in this moment and mm. what's it bringing up and how does it make me feel um and like, you know, to know that we can stop at any time, you're totally in control, it's never going to go too far, you know, everything is set up for the treatment. So I, I you know, I've done probably about six or 7,000 of them at this stage. So I kind of think I know what's, what's, yeah. what's possible to happen. So um, yeah, so it's about making the person feel as comfortable as possible because colonics are about letting go. Mm -hmm. If you're all tense and uptight, you're not going to let go. 
Yeah. That's when you get that scenario where you have to rush to the toilet because you've just been holding on the whole time. Mm. Um, but thankfully now I've, you know, experienced at it. So I can kind of spot those things and we, we can break it up and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, my job is mainly to make people as comfortable as possible and to engage with them and, and to give them the space to relax in whatever way they can as much as possible so that they can benefit from the treatment. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, I've never thought about, about my bowel until about two years ago and I haven't seen kind of a discomfort in it. And I was kind of thinking, you know, what's that? It was going on for, for a few weeks and I was kind of thinking, right, it's a bit, bit long now, you know, I better go and check. So, um, they kind of sent me to uh, to the hospital out in Ballinasnow there to just go to a specialist to talk about it. So I'm still waiting on, on a, an appointment. See, I think it's a CT scan they're going to put me through, but they think it's um, diverticulitis. Okay. But because I've never experienced anything with the bowel, I realize now how, you know, if there is something wrong with it, how just how uncomfortable it all is, because it's like, uh, for me, when 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 I it's not there all the time, but when it is there, there's a kind of it's just kind of feel a pressure on my stomach and a very unpleasant feeling because it's almost like you feel um, even when you've eaten only maybe a quarter of your meal that you're full. It's an it's an odd kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, look, we don't. Uh, they think it's diverticulitis, and you know if it is, that's obviously sorted out kind of easily. But it's just to kind of come around to that idea that I've we we probably all haven't thought about our bowels in the in that in that way you know and unless someone has come to us and said about a colonic and kind of put the thought in their head it, it's not been kind of uh brought up and um, because of the squeamish factor i guess yeah, but yeah. I, how was it so when the first time you when the first time you had a colonic like how was it for you you've tense was it like was it a ple- pleasurable experience or kind of a bit of a a bit of a bit of a weird one for you for me, it was a bit of everything because I like I ended up. Uh, it was part of my training. My yeah. first step in my training was I had to have a clinic because I had to experience this, and this is when I was working in Spain. Um, and uh, there was the owner of the the detox retreat that I was working in. She was the clinic therapist, so she was my boss, and she was going to do the clinic on me, which was like not really something I wanted to experience <laughs> at that time. Yeah. But like I had constipation issues my t- entire life from childhood and like the hero was in my 40s and like I had made massive changes to my lifestyle. I was super healthy at that stage, but I still had constipation issues mm-hmm. and uh, she had already broached the subject with me and I had a really bad week where I hadn't been to the toilet in over a week. And I was like, it can't be any worse than what I'm currently feeling. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. And literally that very I always remember it's like, where has this been? for 40 years yeah this is the the last bit of the puzzle that could have helped me years and years and years ago if I had known about it or if anybody had even spoken to me about my bowel Mm. issues or movements or you know made said are you regular do you know when you go because I hadn't a clue you know Mm. um so yes it was a little bit embarrassing but it literally was embarrassing for like 10 seconds yeah because that's all it takes in the beginning is 10 seconds and then it's just about you know, tuning into how, how you're feeling. But for me, it was, it was kind of almost euphoric because I felt like I have a solution. Yeah, I can, I can resolve these things that I've been carrying around me literally my whole life. Yeah, so, and it's like what people may need to hear. And because we don't talk about it enough, they're not hearing it. So yeah. it's great to talk about it like openly and, and be, be honest about, uh, you yeah. know, our and experiences. Really, and I'm really thankful to you for doing that because it's so uh, hard to get people to talk about it. You know, mm. I mean, 
you don't really get word of mouth business from yeah. a lot of people won't tell you yeah. that they've had one like you know but so that's why you know for me the social media and promotion side on colonics is really important because people don't talk about it absolutely yeah and here's another thing that i wanted to mention because it is again one of those things that i've only really started to think about over the last couple of years but how important is gut health oh my god like hippocrates says all disease begins in the gut so you know that tells you how important it is um i like it to the, the science is now catching up with the the understanding bit by bit and we don't even know the full story so if you think of it like we have trillions of colonies of trillions of microbes living inside our gut uh, and they are communicating to us how they're how we're experiencing the, the inner world and the outer world you know um so if they're out of whack it can have such a knock-on effect in so many ways um like people have heart palpitations it can come down to their gut they've got mm. migraines it could be their gut they've got ibs it's their gut they have low mood anxiety it could be their gut like it impacts so many parts of our physical and mental and emotional mm. selves that you know it is just number one and it's not necessarily going to be the resolution to all your issues but if you start if you're in a place where the gut is working and is as healthy as you can get it to be then you have the energy and the physical capacity and space to deal with the other things that may need attention as well you know because um like even from a nerve ending point of view there's a vagus nerve which you know is connected to the brain to the heart to the to the gut and that's the, where the signal pathways go. So if the gut is not sending its uh, messages to the brain, and they say there's nine times more messages come from the gut to the brain than the other way around. So that's where all your information is coming from. So if that, that's not getting through to the brain, the brain is kind of thinking, well, we have to fill a gap there. Or I'll stick anxiety in there. or mm. else, uh, This is not safe. We're, we, we won't do it because we don't have the full picture, you know, or oh, no, you can't eat that stuff. So, oh, you know, you, you feel terrible. You know, it's all these things that are the little bits of the cogs in the wheel that are missing that help us make informed decisions about how we feel, how we interact, how we respond to circumstances and situations, you know. So it, it's like, yes, everything else is important. But if you start with your gut, mm. it gives you that opportunity to deal with the rest of it. Yeah. Because it's very basic it likes you all it wants you to do is put the right stuff in and let the bad stuff out it's really simple and like if we can just manage to do that and just get that working then you have you know energy and headspace and and everything else can 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 be looked at then so i didn't like i didn't know a lot about um the connection between gut health and mental health that there was a connection at all really and when i started to kind of read up about um, mental health, about anxiety and depression and things like that to kind of help myself. Um, Gut started to come into it. But again, I started to concentrate a lot on physical stuff then, um, as in running or whatever I was doing. So then I, I had the kind of, well, I thought I had the mental health covered and the physical health covered. And you were you when you're saying about the gut coming first, I was putting it last. I was, I was thinking, let's, let's throw in maybe 3000 calories, whatever it is, not terrible stuff, but you know, all right stuff, I suppose. And um, don't call myself out, but you know, a certain amount of food in there to kind of keep me going. And that was it. There was no thoughts of like, if I eat this, because you hear it so often, uh, Sarah, 
that where someone eats something and they're like, oh, they're sitting on the couch and maybe feel a bit bloated or whatever, whatever the reaction is. But they'll do the exact same thing the next week. It's almost like, you know, people get too drunk and they get a hangover, but they still go on and do the same thing. It's a weird thing. So, you know, have you found a lot of people um, benefiting in on the mental health side of things then from from gut health? Oh, God, yeah. Even myself, Hmm. you know, I mean, like once I sorted out my own gut health, I was a much nicer person to be around. Like I was always angry, Hmm. you know, cranky, you know, I, you know, be set off at the smallest thing sometimes, you know, and nothing was enjoyable or easy. There was always like a negative element to it. And, um, you know, like it just if you think about it, like, you know, in terms of piles of rubbish, And if you're a person and you're living in an environment which is covered in rubbish and every week more rubbish turns up Mm. and none of it gets moved on or collected, you know, you get miserable. Yeah. You get angry. And then, you know, you start to feel unwell because all this stuff is around you. So that's what's happening inside your gut. Mm. You know, the microbes are in there and they're trying to do their best. And they're fairly basic in some ways, you know, because they're prehistoric. They're their most ancient part of us in a way. Um, and they just want to live in a nice environment. Yeah. We just keep putting rubbish in there and not letting it go at the same time, you know, or making it such a a, a big event that, you know, you, you have to run to the loo or you're mm. in absolute agony and then you end up taking something and then it's a massive, mm. you know, issue and, you know, episode. So, like, it's it's always extremes or it's like, I mean, <laughs> living in rubbish or there's like, a, you know, mayhem happening. So. Yeah. Nobody can operate in that environment. You can't live like that. That's like, you know, firefighting all the time. So and that absorbs energy from everything else. That's yeah. all, you know, and your body is absolutely amazing, in, in particular your gut. It will create workarounds to keep you alive, mm. to keep you functioning to the best of your ability under the circumstances that it finds itself in. So, like, you know, if you're suffering with constipation, it's going to stretch and expand the bowel so that you can keep moving you know it'll get mm. rid of whatever it can so it means some people end up suffering with diarrhea but it's actually constipation because the body's just trying to get rid of whatever yeah. it can you know it'll use your lungs to get rid of some of the waste so you'll get bad breath or you'll get uh, chest infections or you know respiratory issues it'll use your skin you'll get you know acne or psoriasis or eczema or irritations because it's trying to find another way to get rid of the, the mm. waste because the bowel's just not able to do it and like it's really really doing its utmost to try and help you but we're not helping ourselves you know yeah My, it, nutrition i've had a couple of nutritionists on and there's so much information when it comes to nutrition you know and, and i think people maybe kind of find it quite daunting because there's so much of it there and they're kind of trying to figure out what's good for them um my dad when we were growing up he used to say and we still does say um you'll never you can't eat better than that and he'd say it about 45 things now you can only say that once you can't eat better than that because that means that's the best thing but so it was this running joke because everything would be sprouts or uh broccoli or whatever it might be and uh and to be fair to both my parents they always had vegetables in the in the diet and things like that so we were always good that way can you give us what your tips might be for for like you know for people to improve their gut uh number one is water okay top 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 number one water we do not drink enough water in and a clean water mm. you know i know that sounds like maybe faddish or whatever but yeah as much clean water as you can get 
is really, really important. And the second thing is fiber. And people have misunderstandings about fiber. They think you're talking about all browns or mm. cereals or brown breads or whatever. But I also mean the soluble fibers and the insoluble fibers. So you've got the fibers from fruits, vegetables, uh, those kind of things. Because if you look at, um, say, a piece of bread and, and you leave it out, and if you look at an apple and you leave it out, so the bread will go harder and harder. If you're suffering with constipation issues, putting more of that in is not really going to, it's just adding concrete to concrete in a way. So if you've got, you know, carrots or vegetables, they stay soft, that fiber stays soft. And that's what you need to help. It's water. It contains water again, which is really important. Um, so, you know, the, those fibers, they feed the bacteria that are in your gut to help them thrive, which is what you need to help make the poo to get it out of the body. So, you know, you need to have those kind of fibers in there that have, and then they have to have enough uh, water in them because it has to have some water left in it so that it's heavy enough to get up against gravity, get across and get back down mm. again. So, you know, to make it get through the whole system, through the whole tubes, it needs a bit of that weight in it. So when people get dehydrated and then it just becomes too light, there's mm. no force behind it. It's just bobbing around to try and get it uh, through the system. So, Fiber is absolutely essential and we just don't eat enough in this, in this country. And I think as well, because an awful lot of our produce is uh, grown halfway around the world and it's uh, in a chill freezer container until it gets here and then in a chill room in the supermarket. So uh, it's it's just not as nutritious or as fibrous as, as <clears throat> if it's grown down the road. I mean, I'm eating strawberries, Irish strawberries at the moment and like they've lasted in the fridge for the whole week normally i'd get home and two days they're mm. they're gone because you know they've been in a chill container and in yeah. a chill room and all that so and i i also noticed the difference in the size of the foods from spain to when we moved back to ireland i mean peppers used to be twice and three times the size of the stuff we're eating cucumbers are the same you know mm. apples everything you know and because it was all grown locally it was really tasty and you were getting it at that high taste. So it's really yeah. easy to eat loads and loads of it. Whereas, you know, it's not so easy here. Yeah. We have, I think as well, like what your dad would be saying about, you know, the, the basic foods we always grew up on with the sprouts and the broccoli mm. and the carrots and stuff. We've forgotten about those things, you know, it all has to be rainbow and, you know, cabbage is great. Yeah. Stuff that grows in the back garden in, in Ireland in the wintertime is great. Red cabbage, Brussels sprouts, carrots, turnips, great fibres, you know. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't all have to be exotic and interesting. And if you only like two or three vegetables, just eat the two just, or three yeah. vegetables. It's yeah. still a good vegetable fibre and it's still got good nutrition in it. And you don't have to be, you know, forcing yourself to eat stuff that you don't like. Because personally, I think that's bringing negative uh, energy into your system you know it's not creating the joy and the positivity that your cells are looking for so yeah if you only eat carrots and broccoli eat carrots and broccoli you know, yeah you throw in an apple or something that you do like <laughs> as well but you know eat loads of it you know yeah it's funny how we have gone the way of uh, you know what's the correct term like you know fancier foods fancier healthy uh, foods um I know avocado is probably cheap shot at avocado there. I was thinking of but it, it is one of those, isn't it? Like, and I actually, to be honest, I love avocado, but I don't know when it's ripe. So I go into a shop center and I or a shop, and I I'm never sure 
when it's ripe. And I've been caught too many times that way, so I kind of stopped eating it. But I think another thing of going that route as well is is the expense because it can you really can start to uh, load up on expense. And when you when you talk about things like turnips and broccoli and things like that, that are, that are far cheaper to buy. And you say just as much fiber. And I honestly could live on, uh, if I was going for vegetables, like broccoli, carrots, peas, corn. You know, I, I'd, I'd be delighted with that um, kind of mixture. And like you say, I think it's like trying to force the, the extravagant, in yeah. inverted commas, uh, to, you know, fruit or vegetable and ourselves just to be with the with the kind of the, the in thing to do at the time. And it doesn't, because, you, you know, my, my, my coach told me about that, about, Try not to have or try not to build up a negative uh, relationship with food. And, you know, by going along that route, it's very easy to kind of go that way, I think. Yeah, it is. And it's it's very easy to to make it like that. It's a job. There's a work mm. involved. You know what I mean? It's 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 about sustenance, you know, and, and food has become entertainment, you know, <laughs> yeah. or a lifestyle choice, mm. you know, and it's not if food is about sustenance. Yes, it's the food is about entertainment, but that's a separate thing. Mm. You know, that's that's celebration, you know, but now it's like every it's entertainment all the time. So which is why people end up eating. I don't like to use bad and but eating ce- celebration food mm. all the time. You know, if you t- talk about, you know, like traditional um, Eastern um diets where you know there was no obesity and low heart issue rate heart disease issues and you know things like that those people lived on rice and vegetables yeah you know, and like i uh, you know what you buy in say a chinese restaurant here is the food that they would eat for their week-long celebrations of chinese new year you know they're rich mm. they're they're all really high um intensity you know but the rest of the time they eat rice and vegetables yeah you know, and that's where we need to get back to, yeah. it's like, you know, a bit of protein of whatever it is that works for you and lots of like vegetables with some sort of carb in it, you know, and the closer it is to its original form, the better, yeah. you know, so I, t- you know, y- y- like I've been, I listened to all these podcasts and watched all these things about, you know, the biohacking and everything. Yeah. And yes, you can drill it down to the cellular level and figure it out, but who really has the time for that? Unless that's your job, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I think we've lost the, 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 the natural cycle of eating, you know, like I was saying about strawberries, we're in the, the sweet high sugar, uh, fruit grow fruit mm. harvesting time now. Cause it, the summer is long days so you know historically speaking you'd be out all day in the long day working physically mm. doing something so nature would provide high energy high sugar foods at that time of the year which wanes off then as you get into um, the autumn then it's more like of the grains and the, mm. the the carbs and the potatoes and all that kind of thing is ready for you then to, to sustain you into the winter and in the winter is the time where we would end up losing the weight because there'd be less food you'd have things like your sprouts and your um cabbages which would keep you going and and then you would have your pickles which are fermented which are amazing for your gut so that cleans out the gut of all the high sugar stuff from the summer and then you're kind of in your fast mode so you're ready for the spring when all the new stuff comes ready Mm. to be eaten so you know we've lost that continuous high energy high sugar everything is about the sweetness of something rather than you know we don't eat bitters anymore which feed certain elements of our our microbes and things like that and help control things and keep things in balance it's all about the hit 
the celebration, the entertainment mm. value of it, you know. So I think we just yeah. need to get simple, you know, look at what we can eat that we like that doesn't come from a million miles away is easy to make, easy to cook and makes us feel good. So, and it feeds us, it sustains us. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I'm very much, uh, not that I have a very, not limited or not too broad palate, but I I definitely wonder where I, I, I'm happily eat the same thing every day, but you know, it's a pretty decent diet, but I need to get better at looking at the health or the good side of things, which is, it's going to come from this now, but uh, could you tell us the idea then, Sarah, about the uh, the good for all cards? Ah, yes, that's my new uh, business that I launched during the lockdown because uh, my wellness treatments were obviously closed the mm. whole time. Um, and it's something that was kind of a few uh, notions that were in my head, let's say, uh, for the last while because I spent an awful lot of time referring people on for other treatments. So I might, I think, well, you know, they might need something to help with their energy or maybe they come in for a massage and it's actually too uncomfortable for them because so I think reflexology might help them mm. um, and or, you know, acupuncture or whatever. So I've had a lot of people that I know that I can refer people on to. And what I found was that a lot of people had never heard of the treatment and certainly had no idea where to go to get the treatment. So I was like, this, there's so many amazing practitioners out there that I know. Why doesn't everybody know about them? Mm. So I wanted to find a way to make it simple for people to find the treatments and the therapies and the therapists. and know that they would be, you know, of a certain quality, of a high enough quality and that they would be genuine. They've done their training. They're, they're actually the right kind of people to go to. Um, so that was the like the part of it that to, to create the directory of practitioners that people can go to. But I also wanted to find a way, because like I said, the people who come to me on a regular basis really see the benefits. I see it in them, they see it in them, their families see it in them. So I wanted to find a way to help more people achieve that. Mm. Um, so I was thinking if they had some sort of a fund or a little budget that was just there for their wellness treatments. So that's where the, the gift card came into it so that, you know, that's their fund they have money on that card and it can only be used for self-care wellness treatments and therapies <clears throat> so they can't buy sausages or kids shoes or anything with it yeah. like you know so it, you know it means it's focused and they have to use it to look after themselves and i think then you see because if people can look after themselves they can be better mm. and they can do better you know and everybody benefits then you know um and I just wanted to, to create that so that it would make it easier for them. And and like that, to support our, our industry and to highlight the benefits of it and how mm. much it, it, like every single person that I know who's a, a practitioner, their aim is to help people. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. Um, but people don't seem to understand that or, or maybe grasp that. And, and I honestly believe that like, there's enough clients for everybody, even if there's 20 massage therapists doing massage in the same town or whatever. I still think there's enough clients for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's enough different types of uh, therapies and treatments for everybody. You know, some people, it'll be reflexology. That's their thing. Other people will be Reiki. Somebody else is acupuncture. And that's great because we're all individual. Mm-hmm. We're all different. It doesn't have to be just one thing. So, you know, if I can get as many people to find a way to those self-care treatments or ways that they can help themselves, then, then that's my, my ultimate success. I'm, that's mm. what I'm aiming for. So that's where Good For All came from. I think it's brilliant. And what I, for me, what would work uh, would be the idea that it's a constant reminder 
that it's there. And I, I, I kind of like, you know, having like something physical there that's in front of me, whether it's pinned to the wall or it's stuck in the desk or whatever it might be, that it's always there. But what that does, it takes it a step further to to a place where you're remembering wellness and how you should take care of yourself. Because I think a lot of people, obviously I don't include myself in this, but it's people who have families and kids running around and it's so easy to get kind of caught up in all of that without taking that little bit of time, that little bit of, you know, something sparking your head to say, I need to do, you know, go for a massage or whatever it might be. And I like the idea that it's there to remind people that you need to take this time for yourself, this hour or whatever it might be, whatever length of time. I think it's a, it's a brilliant idea. Before we go into the, 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 the last bit, can you tell us where people can find you actually? Uh, so I'm based in Maynooth. Mm. Um, and so that's where I have my treatment rooms for my massage and colonics. Um, so that's uh, sarahbreslinwellness.com. And then uh, the Good For All is available online. So it's uh, goodforall.ie. And uh, also on Instagram and all the other. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. I just I need to throw that in as well. You know, I've got to cover all the bases. No, it takes up so much of your your work in life. <laughs> it does you know, and then you forget about it. So it's it's funny. I didn't never thought about any of that stuff until I started the podcast, and then realized, oh, actually, there's quite a bit that has to go into this yeah. thing. Um, and that, that was another part of the good for all thing, because I I haven't like I was saying, you know, creating the business and making it a success, you know. But I I made me realize how much effort goes into you know, the social media, the posting, the scheduling, all of that. And there's a lot of work. And, and I know most practitioners are one person businesses like myself. So I wanted to help them with that side of the business as well, so that we can do part of that for them, you know, and like most of them wouldn't have a, a big budget or anything like that. So it's like if we can get the national um, awareness of the wellness and the therapies and then they're there mm. and people can find them easily and we can promote them on our social media uh, platforms and in the, you know promote their blogs and things like that so it just takes a little bit of the pressure off them yeah and gives them another option so that they they're having the presence without having all the stress and the, the work involved in it so exactly yeah it helps helps everyone it's uh, it's great it's um it's, it's very much so um it's almost like you thought about that before you got there. Yeah, very good. um sarah what do you like to do in your spare time um well i love to walk so that's the thing that has kept me going uh, through the lockdowns is having the going for the walk for an hour or so every every day um and one of my other passions is actually knitting and I, I oh nice don't uh, get that but uh, yeah it's it's definitely something that has kept me sane mm. in all sorts of times. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I started when I was probably in, in probably when I was first came across my, you know, mental health awareness mm. when I was in that Leaving Cert, uh, 17, 18 age. Um, my mom was a great woman for the knitting and the sewing and she had knitting machines and she taught me how to use them. Um, because I, I actually went through a really bad year at that time and I stayed at home. I never went out for the whole year, but I I got into the knitting and it was a really great outlook for me. It's a creative pro- process. Mm. I could start something and see something created from it. And, you know, I got great feedback, you know, so it made me feel good about myself that there was something I could do. Um, so and that stayed with me forever. You know, I, I just love it. I, I, it's, it's repetitive it's meditative it's creative 
but it has function and form at the same time. So the structure to it. So, mm. um, yeah. I like I like the meditative side of things. Now this this is this is something I wanted to bring up because this is something I discovered this week. Um, this is there's nothing productive on my side of things when it comes to this. By the way, it's it's clearly I actually I don't know what it is. I I, I mentioned to Sarah before uh, recording, and I I think I said on the podcast before I like watching chiropractors work, but I found this new thing. Uh, it came up on the YouTube recommendations, all right, and. Nobody judge me because if you go and look at it, it's gonna you really like it. It right, it's this guy called the Hoof GP. So he looks after he pretty much gives kind of uh, manicures or pedicures to, to cows. So like he'll hook up one of the feet. I know you're trying not to laugh there, I can see it, but he, he hooks up one of the f- paws? No feet. Is it cows and feet? Hooves. Hooves. Better. Uh so it's but but it's really interesting because it's very it's just the way you kind of start thinking about the animal and how I wonder how the animal's feeling about that. Does like, cause I, we have cows around and I've, I've learned since I moved out here 12 years ago, almost that I really like cows and calves. I think they're, they're brilliant. They're great animals. And he, he lifts the, the hoof and he starts uh, chipping away at it and stuff, but they find like nails in there sometimes and like stones and uh, you know, um, sometimes there's like pretty graphic stuff. Like, you know, if it has an infection or something like that, I don't know why, but like I think for probably around three hours yesterday, I just watched it. Just <laughs> sat. I just sat there and watched like cows being looked after, and and it's just it's. Do you know what's the strange bit about it? Right. So you know, like uh, if you're not if you're just listening to this, you won't see it. But I'm showing like the way the hoof has got two sides to it, like almost like that. So if one is particularly bad, they they need to, uh, you know, not have the animal be on it. So they'll they'll get this kind of step. It's like a rubber step, and they they glue it to the other side of the hoof, and uh, so it keeps the animal. And then the other one, they treat it, and then they'll wrap it up in a, in a big cloth thing, gauze, and off the cow goes, and you feel good because the cows no longer in pain, or you know, is not like you know limping anymore because. He explains, and he's a Scottish guy, and he explains that, um, you know, sometimes if he can't do what he needs to do, that's the end for the cow. Like, so you almost feel like it's the cow's second chance, and it makes you feel quite good. So, yeah, people are going to judge me for this for sure. But in a way, it's like that, you know, you're tuning into the fact that somebody is caring. Mm, he's lovely, yeah. he he's really lovely fella he comes across really well real softly spoken guy obviously brilliant at his job very uh, explains when he's made a mistake he's not you know cut editing the video out and things like that but all he just he's only he's there for the animals like and you just you get a sense of kind of warmth because he's fulfilling his purpose so you're getting uh, tuning into that energy that you know he's feeling fulfilled he's happy in what he's doing he's making a difference in the way he wants to in the world and and that's probably the energy that comes through yeah, and I think three hours is probably a bit much, but um, <laughs> cut, I'll need to cut it down next Saturday. Um, how difficult, So, because you, you mentioned it just there when we were talking about the, the Good For All cards, how difficult has the last year been and, and, and what are you kind of looking forward to now as we're moving ahead? So I have to say, um, initially in the very first lockdown, I did go into complete meltdown. Mm. I, I hit, it was like, what's the point? everything in my head was just what's the point what's the point of me getting out of bed what's the point of me doing anything you know uh, because because I work one-to-one with people you know everybody was pivoting and going online and I just couldn't see a way for me to do that you know mm. and 
I just stopped in the end. I said, okay, you just have to stop. You're, you're, you're putting yourself into, uh, you know, down a rabbit hole here where you, you know, who knows if you'll come out of it. So you need to just stop and, and switch focus. So I switched over to helping making sewing masks at the time in the very beginning when there was a shortage and, and that just gave me something to do, you mm. know, and, but it, it has been tough because like I say, uh, you know, interacting with people and, and doing treatments is part of my why, mm. my purpose. And that's all, that was all taken away from me, you know, I actually feel a little bit emotional even in saying that, like, you know, um, and that was all taken away from me and through no fault of my own. And, you know, even in terms of my business and my income and, you know, supporting my family, like that was all gone, taken away from me, you know, and, you know, I had worked so hard to build up this business mm. and in one day it was shut down, you know, and like I, I'm really blessed. I got all the supports from the government that were available to me and, you know, they kept you going, but you're always at the th- thinking, you know, you could never just switch off from it. It was there all the time. Mm. When am I going to open? What, what is it going to be when I'm going to open? When I reopened, I mean, my family will tell you, I was like an absolute lunatic the first two days because I was on so hyper about, have I put everything in place? Have mm-hmm. I got all the right measures? What if somebody gets sick? Have I done enough? Is it going to be okay? I mean, I was literally like a lunatic after the first day. My husband had to take me and walk me down the road to calm me down. Like, So, you know, you've got that stress because you're caring about people as well. And it just was, it's been a long, hard couple of 18 months even though I'm in a really lucky position in terms of my family support and and Mm. structures around me but it's still it's like so much of what you've put into your business is just taken away from you and it's and like when you do what you know something that's of yourself and about yourself as well you know it's a little bit of you is taken away Mm. and you you know you're wondering why what the hell did I do wrong to yeah happen you know and like the only saving grace was you know everybody else was in the same position that you know once you got through it you realize look it's nothing you did or didn't do you know and that was the thing that you know kept me going so and then I was really lucky in that I I did get connected with um the local enterprise office who got me a marketing mentor and then we got onto the good for all idea and you know I've had that to keep me going as well but you know it's great to be back open it really is it's it's crazy to think that you know what was taken away from yourself and for for other uh, you know entrepreneurs that for you in particular uh, with the idea of you know you like being around people and um, you like caring for people and helping people and that's taken away as well so it's like a double double whammy you know yeah. and then for you to kind of try and sit at home and at the start look at the start everybody's um I know everybody's in the same boat but we're not uh, you know immediately all thinking that it's just because you're focusing so much on yourself and what you need to do um so for you to go from from that position to go to somewhere else and kind of think on your feet and think i can get to you know i can do this and uh hopefully it works out i think some people ha- were forced into this kind of creative process that you know that it was always there, but it didn't have to come out, I guess. You know, yeah. you're always doing something for your business. But then that idea comes along in the in the time of of a, of a crisis situation. And it, something great has come from something that was pretty terrible. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like it just, you know, it, it, again, it's about, you're, you know, this, uh, the circumstances were the same for everybody, let's say, you know, for a lot of people. It's how you choose to respond to it. Mm. You know? And that's that's a lot about how you cope with life it's how you choose to respond to it. and that's 
within ourselves. We all have that choice to how we choose to respond to it. And, you know, like I am blessed to have that kind of awareness mm. um, for a long time now. So I know that, you know, when I'm going down that rabbit hole, I know I have to stand back and look at what can I choose to do here? I know. Yeah. And, and, and like in the end, it became a, a blessing because I had the, the time away from client work to create the new business mm. and to get it up and running and to get it to the place where I now have other people involved who can do some of the stuff while I'm back working with clients. So, um, and, and I'm really hopeful that I'm really, 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 really hoping that there is no more rollbacks yeah. on, on, on lockdowns and things like that, that we just continue to move forward. Um, and I think we're at a really positive place in society in that we have a real opportunity here to, because everybody has had a moment to sit back and think, why why do i do it this way what am i doing why do just because we always did it this way mm. no longer means we should continue to do it that way and i'm really hopeful that that will make for bigger changes in in how we educate and how we work in how um our healthcare is delivered how our government operates how public service happens mm. you know because everybody has been forced to rethink how they do things and i i really hope that that's an opportunity that we you know let go of the, the the mindset of the Victorian society, which has been hanging on for far too long, and that we actually move into the twenty first century and start to to take advantage of what we do have in, in, in society and make the most of it. You know, so yeah. I, I'm looking forward to getting out and meeting people, and and you know, I, I was at an event on Friday, which was amazing in in person, and it was great. Um, yeah, so just to actually, you know be out in the world again yeah 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 oh fully and it's do you know what i've during this this lockdown i've got to meet all the breslins um it's which is incredible um but no but i i I should mention actually jur as well because during lockdown i got to uh discover jur's talent of making brilliant jewelry amazing yeah amazing jewelry i got to um gift give one as a gift to my mom for 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 christmas and then she went and bought another one for herself so all those little kind of things that came from obviously this podcast was part of that kind of situation as well the kind of rolling situation that came from it and you know it's it's about you know we always try to end the the podcast on those kind of positive notes where we we've we've especially at this time because uh, maybe in a year's time well hopefully a year's time it won't be so uh we won't be so worried about lockdowns or what you know this kind of we've we yeah. will have moved away from it over the hill and far away kind of a thing um sarah it's been a, a proper pleasure chatting to you today thank you so much it's been really enjoyable it was it was great i can't believe how quickly the time flew by to be honest <laughs> I <can't believe> it <laughs> either. it's bad um could you stick with me for one minute i just want to get a photo with you at the end i'll just close this out and uh i want to say Congrats, congratulations to John Francis, my second in command for passing his driver's test. Um, we're going to have the weekly, weekly road show at any time now. Once we get him, uh, get a lot of petrol in that car and we'll get going. Um, so thanks to John and for his, all his work during the week as, uh, as usual. Thanks to my mom, my dad, uh, my granddad, Jer and Calvin. Um, subscribe to our YouTube, like I said earlier. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts, etc. As always, to the people listening and and watching, thank you very much. And Sarah, once again, thanks a million for coming on. Thanks very much, Sarah. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And everybody else, we'll catch up with you next week. Take care. Bye.